0: Moon out with Nebbia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com/nebia. On today's episode of Don't Blame Me, we talk to Ace slim Paul about a girl who just wants some alone time with her older boyfriend, and a guy who loves having sex with condoms. Thanks to Third Love for supporting Don't Blame Me. Go to thirdlove.com/blame now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Thanks Third Love, everyone get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com/blame. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Today, we have my favorite, if you've been a guest on this podcast before and you're listening, plug your ears, because we have my favorite guest here. It's Islam
1: Paul. Yes. I've always wanted to be someone's favorite at something. Oh my
0: God, you're, what, come on, you already knew this. Um, yeah, and if you guys didn't know, if you're just listening to this, you can w- look at us, and we do look a little coordinated right now. We and do. Your eyebrows look bomb. Thank you. They look very... I did them very very fast, so I'm glad. They look very good. Great. I've sharpened the pencil for, like, the first time in (laughs) every six months. It looks (laughs) good. If you want to see how great Aislinn's eyebrows look, you can look on my YouTube channel because we're filming this back by your requests. You can see us. You can see our facial expressions, which have been great getting the uh, screenshots of what I just... You'd think that I know how to act, but I mean, apparently from that girl who DM'd me, I don't know how to act, so I should pick a new career.
1: Fuck you, by the way. No, you can act. That's the whole point: is that people can tell from your facial expressions how you feel.
0: Oh, true, true. This it's- is like us, The Bachelor, uh, women tell all. When Ace oh and my- I just like we're <laughs> like, oh, you know what? When we'll give them these reactions, and they're like, okay, now everyone like looks surprised. So we did over the top stuff. So no, they were like, okay, they're never gonna cut to us because we're just we're being assholes and we're having it up. Um, yeah, it's a little embarrassing to be like the
1: reaction. <laughs> shot at bachelor <laughs> tell all but we were also so into it so that into we it. accidentally gave them like the best reaction ever Which and is then they
0: used. and it's me trying to it going, like, <gasps> yeah
1: i'm like can you believe this? I'm like oh no that's so genuine that's not us acting so bad and so a gif of it exists forever so it's yeah we look
0: pretty though yeah no like, we do we look great we do we put we put a lot of effort into it <laughs> um and mel's here too hello hello Woo-hoo. So yeah, guys, um, whether you're listening to this, watching on YouTube, maybe you want to watch and then listen, look and listen. Any favorite? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say ones?
1: I think both is a little extra, but if, if you want to me. do it,
0: <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I you pick one or the other or or do both or do, do both. both. I do won't judge you both. I promise. Yeah, Don't blame me if you spent three hours watching, hearing me. Good shit. OK, so um yeah, this is an advice podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Um, we are going to be playing some voicemails that you guys have left us telling us things that are happening in your life that you would like our input on. And if you didn't know, now you do, but Aislinn has been on an episode before and you crushed it.
1: Thank you. I, uh, yeah, I, I try my best. I don't think I'm as good at giving advice as Megan is, but then we agree on a lot of stuff. So that really helps.
0: I feel, I mean, I really hope, I mean, I think we're, I think you're good. We also agree a lot. And you're also coming from somebody who went to Aislinn for advice recently, you are so, it's so funny that no, this is going to, you're so, you're just right. And like, you're like, you're, you think about everybody involved and you're like v- much more compassionate than me when I'm like, I fucking hate this person. You're like, well, maybe. And I'm like, nope, shut <laughs> fuck up. I want to fucking hate this person. I want to be mad. You're very that's practical. That's fine. That's so. okay too. You're allowed to like be. Go into a blind rage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's me. Okay. So, um, yeah. Should we, should we just start the calls? Hi, Megan.
2: Um, I'm a 17 year old student from Sweden and last year I started gymnasium, which is basically the equivalent to 10th grade in the U.S. since, since Sweden starts school a year later than the U.S. Anyhow, um, I've never been great at making friends and I'm super shy and I am excited. So the first couple of weeks of school was really, super hard on me until I met this girl whom I'm going to call V, which is not her real name, but yeah, and, uh, we became, good friends really fast and we both talked once and she said that she finally felt like she found someone who she felt completely comfortable with and that just made me really happy because I felt the same um fast forward a couple of weeks we became a really tight friend group with these two other girls and spent literally all of our time together just having so much fun um after being friends for quite some time the other two girls of our friend group got into a really big fight where neither V nor I knew what had happened. But V decided to side with one of the girls. And since I didn't want to leave the other girl alone. I wanted to hang out more with her. So she had someone by her side. But I told V and the other girl that like. Hey um, I don't know what happened between you guys. And I'm not picking any sides. But I also don't want to leave this person alone. So after that V and the other friend completely shut me out. They stopped speaking to me, even when my friend, um, whom I was hanging out with, wasn't there. And they wouldn't text me or even look at me. And I mean, that just hurt a lot. So after our two other friends made up, they still wouldn't speak to me. And she just continued to ignore me, which she still does. But she acts completely fine with everyone else. And I've tried to ask her, like, hey, have I done anything wrong? And can I do, like, can I make it better somehow? But she just told me that I hadn't done anything wrong. But, I mean, nothing has really changed after that. And I, I really don't know what to do because I'm really hurt by it. And I miss her so much because I felt safe with her. And she was my closest friend. And... I miss it and I felt like I finally found a friend whom I could be close to for like a really long time and I also understand that she's going through a lot herself so I'm not mad at her in any way. I just miss her a lot. Anyways, um, I was just wondering what you think I should do about the situation.
1: Wow, that took a lot oh, of twists and turns. I thought yeah. there was going to be one end and then, oh no, the other friends made up but then yeah. you're still not hanging out with V. Ah, uh, this sucks. I'm sorry. Um, we talk a lot about how important female friendships are to Mm -hmm. us. And like, I think it's always too bad when you're like, you're vulnerable with a friend and and you like really open up and then it goes south because no one really talks about how to like deal with friendship stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I mean, this by no means, we don't want it to be a friend breakup.
0: Let's see. How do we, how do we fix this? I mean, what I would say is you guys are, so 10th grade, first of all, can we talk about how the equivalent to 10th grade is gymnasium. gymnasium. <laughs> That's amazing. I if anyone's swedish out there, which my boyfriend claims to be swedish. He's like, "No, that swedish." Um, no <laughs> offense guys. Um, uh if anyone if there's any more like equivalents like that, I'd be very curious. What I would say is um I uh, I, you, you didn't do anything wrong. So she's not lying to you. And you said that you really didn't do anything wrong. You were the most mature person in this situation. And you're yeah. like the most absolutely able to be like, you know what, whatever your drama is and all that stuff. And also like, you didn't push them telling you if they don't want to tell you like what's happening between them. You're right. It is between them. And that is so amazing to not pick this just to be like, not to leave anyone alone coming from somebody who was a part of I wasn't even a part of like a fight argument thing, but like my college friends just like went up and ditched me and everybody's like, well, I'm just going to side with them and not figure out what happened. And I'm just going to be cool with leaving someone else alone, which that's again, those are like 20 something year old girls. So the fact that you knew that like you shouldn't leave one person alone, I think that's really great. What I would say about this friend is she doesn't as much, as close as you guys must've like felt like this just doesn't see, like, why would you want this kind of friend?
1: Okay. Here's what I will say. Yeah, I feel I, like
0: you're, you're going to be way better at this than me.
1: No, I just, I think that maybe we don't know the whole story. You kind of mentioned at the end there that she has some other things going on herself. And I don't know if that means like there's some stuff at home with her parents or siblings or a boyfriend, something, girlfriend, whatever, that is like causing her to have her own emotional issues. The other random possible thing could be that she saw how you acted in this situation and is kind of embarrassed that she wasn't as good a friend as you were and that kind of makes her feel shitty that she doesn't like measure up to the maturity Mm -hmm. that you had in that situation. That is like a real
0: complicated
1: well, thing to to I kind would, of figure out. But.
0: I, I would agree with that and think that she might think, she might now feel that she really overreacted and doesn't, has too much pride to kind of be like, you know what? Admit that you yeah. did the right thing or in that situation. Like, I'm so sorry that I was so shitty to you in a situation that ended up being temporary of these other two friends, like, I, she treated it as this, like, very big ordeal of being, like, cut out. And went for the dramatic, like, outcome as opposed to trying to
1: support her friends and might feel like she made the wrong choice and saw you making the right one and that is, like, embarrassing for her, maybe. Again, we don't know what's going on in her personal life if there's something else that you know that she doesn't have
0: help with. You are so good at this, though, because – like the, the, any time that we talked about people or whatever you have such empathy for it, how other people treat you and taking into consideration like things that they're dealing with which is I think is amazing is not something I'm so great at I'm, and it's totally possible that she also just is a bitch well, but then of course I know that
1: us just telling you that you need to forget her and find new friends is hard, it's hard. because it's, it's hard to make fuck. friends and if you want to save this friendship like I'm just you know I don't know
0: yeah. I mean, what I would say is, um, especially being that age, I mean, like m- I've had, I, a lot of my like really close friends I'd known forever, but there was a time period where like every single friend I made was either like, I was burned by it. turns out they weren't great people. And I kind of like rode off making new friends. And then like, what, how long have we known each other? Uh, two years. Okay. So then two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, I made actual friends again. And it was like, oh, this isn't, Like, this isn't like, oh, I need to start accepting, like, shitty behavior. Um, And what I would say from it, okay, so I've mentioned this in a previous episode where I think female friends are so incredibly, incredibly important. I think having friends, it's incredibly important, but I think accepting people treating you in a shitty way is not, it's not worth it because any benefit that you get from having friends is completely taken away if you have, like, toxic people in your life and you're letting people treat you a certain way. So I would say right now, it also seems like there's a lot of you, especially with like siding with friends or whatever, and not actually technically siding. I don't want to say that because you definitely didn't do that. But you guys, there's a lack of communication about why, why did they get in a fight? What's happening with all this stuff? And you ask her if anything's wrong, but as opposed to asking her that direct question, maybe it's like planning a time for you guys to sit down together and talk, especially because you said that she acts a different way when everyone else is there versus when it's just you two. And ask her to go to lunch and just be like, hey, I want to talk to you. And as opposed to just giving her the option to say whatever she wants, start with you. I always think that's the best way to like, they, like I don't know, come yeah. about a subject that can be a little more difficult to talk about. Open yourself up first and say what you said here and be like, hey, um, I would just really love to get everything out in the open when the drama happened between our two friends. Like I want you to know, like when we became friends, I was so excited. I've never felt as close to another friend before. And like, I just felt so safe and like comfortable hanging out with you. And I really, when you told me you felt the same way, it was great. Cause I felt like we were on the same page with our friendship. And then when everything happened with like those two other people, um, I'm not sure if I made myself very clear, but I really wasn't trying to pick sides. I really wasn't trying to like abandon anybody. It was the exact opposite. I didn't want anyone to feel like they were being abandoned. And I didn't really understand what I didn't really wasn't privy to what the falling out was about and I assumed that we would all be close again then especially when the when they forgave each other and they became friends again everything's been a little off between us and I really miss you and I want to be friends with you again is everything I wouldn't because I don't put the blame on yourself you didn't do anything wrong and I think saying that gives her the opportunity to say the answer is true you didn't do anything wrong so you're not really getting to the point of that maybe if it's being like is how do you feel about our friendship and our friendship situation? Like, is do you still want to be friends with me? Is this something that you're still interested in? And you've been acting very differently around me and you're acting differently around, around other people and I can really sense it. So like, what, what has happened between us? Because if you tell her that like, what can I fix? What can I do? A, you're giving all this power to her. And then also at the same time, like if she's being honest, which I think she is, you're never going to get a straight answer because you didn't do anything wrong. And I think this has to do either she's was never a great friend to begin with. Um, or which I mean, at the same time, I think it'll, no matter what, maybe she, it's a little bit of pride and a little bit of jealousy. Um, and that's what I would say. And also like, you're so young, like, I hate being like, you're so young, but like, this is not the, you're not a cat lady who needs to settle for someone. So you can have, I don't know, like pay off your mortgage. Like you're,
1: I think like we, kind of in media and everything we glorify this idea of like Mm -hmm. the best friend forever that you've had since you were kids and like that share all these memories with you but I can say from experience I have friends who I made who I made as a child that I do value like Mm -hmm. crazy a lot but then I also have friends from that time that once I was no longer friends with them I realized that I didn't get a lot out of that friendship I was only maintaining it Mm -hmm. for the sake of it being something that was so long um and then I've gotten plenty out of like just as much out of friendships that are shorter in time Mm -hmm. Um, and they can still just be just as meaningful. So just because if this friend doesn't end up being like your best friend for the rest of your life, that's okay. You're going to meet other people in the future.
0: And you're going to make other friends. And I, 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 you're coming from somebody who had a fucking hard time doing that. Like that's, you will, you will be able to make other friends, but the best in order to make the best friends and to surround yourself with the best people, you can only let people treat you like really, really well. And if you don't let them treat you well, you'll find yourself in this habit of having other shitty friends, which was me. Mm -hmm. Just accepting shitty behavior. And I'm like, well, you're not as mean as the other friends were to me. So I guess that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, give it some time and then give yourself more credit. Okay, on
2: to the next call. Hi,
3: Megan. So I'm 15 and I have a boyfriend who's 17. And we've been dating for about one year. It's been really hard because my dad isn't really into me having a boyfriend, and my mom doesn't live with me, so it's just hard. I just wanted to ask you your opinion on what I should do or what I can tell my dad to make things better. My boyfriend has a car, but like my dad doesn't really let me do things with him alone. Like I can only go with my sister, but it's hard because my boyfriend doesn't want to do that most of the time. He just wants to be alone. He's more of an introvert, and so am I, but I don't know how to explain to my dad that just everything.
0: Just please, I just need some advice. Dude, we're officially so old. <laughs> no, we're officially so old because my first reaction was like, oh, 15 and 17. I mean, that age, that's a big age difference. You guys want different things out of this. Fuck, dude.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you'll love our advice on this I one. I don't know if you will either. I just, cause I totally get it. I think we all have been there. And this is what this is what always sucks about trying to give advice to like anyone who's younger than you. And I realize this now about my parents as well. When I was that age arguing with them, um, is that time only like once you're older and have more experiences, it's Mm -hmm. remarkable how it's a blip. Yeah. It's it's just a small blip of time. And that's. I know that there are 15 year olds out there who like have had real relationships and real loves and heartbreaks at that age. I was not one of those people, I guess. Um, So it's, I don't know. I think cut your dad some slack because he's your dad and he loves you. And he wants to protect you from a 17 year old
0: boy. And he was once a 17 year old boy. So that age difference at that age is I under, I completely understand where your dad's coming from um, because that's, it's, it's difference between like driving Okay. Not to be like graphic, but it's like, it's the difference between like, you probably got your period, like what, two years ago. And like, he has been driving. He like was driving. Do you know what I mean? Does that no? Okay. Um, but like, this is what I would say. So coming from somebody like my first love, my, well, my first, yeah, my first, I would say like serious relationship, but the first time I was ever in love. And even now as a 24 year old, 24, I can say like, yes, this, I can say that I can look back on that and be like, no, I was told like, that was my first love. Um, I was 16. Uh, mm, yeah, I was 16. And so I understand those like feelings of that. And I would never discredit of like, Oh, you're young. Those feelings aren't what you think they are. You're kind of caught up in that. But what I would say is at a, it's a difference between you have right. Okay. So your dad was like, he's not thrilled about you dating, but you have a boyfriend, like. You're still. I think you need to kind of meet in the middle of this, yeah. and like it's totally valid. He doesn't want you guys to hang out alone, and that's there might you might have this idea that like all of your friends are allowed to hang out with their boyfriends alone. That's not true. Like it's just everyone <laughs> pretends. Yeah, like, my parents are like super chill. Like they go out at night, and yeah, like, like, just like I don't like, have totally. a curfew. Yeah, I'm like, just like I can go home whenever. It doesn't
1: matter, and I bring Dunkaroos to school. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs>
0: literally, like my boyfriend sleeps over, and like we just eat Lunchables, and like we make out, and like we have a lot of like under the like shirt like tit grabs. (laughs) Like everyone tries and talks that massive game. Um, so I would say like you, you're already like, if you're, you're allowed to date, you're able to do that. And the fact that like your dad doesn't like the fact that he doesn't want to be there all the time, he like is making your sister be there. I don't think that's an issue. I think, um, I think that's kind of like accepted with the terms. Maybe if you ask him like, okay, so when I, when I turn 17, would I be allowed to do blah, blah, blah? Maybe if you're able to give like certain like age brackets of being like, oh, you're allowed to, am I, well, once I turn 17, am I allowed to hang out with my boyfriend? Like, am I allowed to stay out? I remember when I was younger, I was allowed to have like more might well, actually, I, did I have a curfew? Actually, I wasn't that cool. So I didn't really like need curfew because like, yeah, like it was like, I never, I don't think it was ever instated because it was like, well, and then once I got older, it was like, I would just sleep at my friend's house. So like they were their curfews, but my friends had curfews that would get later as they got older because they were able to have more responsibility. So I would say maybe if there's something you can do along those lines. But what I would also say is, um, I go out on like, dates like go to the movies are you allowed to go to the movies just you two like go in places that are in public so maybe it's like your sister isn't there but like you're not in the backseat of his car kind of a thing yeah
1: and it's yeah it's not an undefined hangout where your dad's just imagining the worst possible yeah i also think maybe it's a question of having a conversation with both your dad separately and your boyfriend not like together i was like but i I mean (laughs) in that like if you have the conversation with your dad Mm -hmm. figure out some limits talk reasonably about like what you are hoping for and like the, the place you're at in your life and all that. And then you can also talk to your boyfriend so that he's not the one telling you that he's not enjoying hanging out with you and your sister. If that's the only way you guys get to hang out like that, yeah. you have to lay that out to him too, of like, you want to hang out with me. It's kind of a package deal at this I'm time 15, in my life.
0: My dad's like, not comfortable with it.
1: This is, this is the, the limit that we get. And if you just make me feel kind of guilty um, for having that, then yeah. you're not the right guy for me. You know, like if he really likes you, he should be down to hang out in whatever capacity you guys get to hang out.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would also say, I mean, just the line about your boyfriend being an introvert at 17. So he wants to hang out alone. I'm like, oh my God, he <laughs> wants to have sex, <laughs> which again, as somebody who like will air, I'll air my dirty laundry. I lost my virginity at 16. So like, I get that. Um, but I I would say like if you guys can hang out and like, you know, like what I mean, like in public alone Mm -hmm. and doing stuff like that, because I think if it becomes crystal clear from having the conversation with him of being like, these are the rules. These are like what I'm allowed to do when it comes to dating and like spending time together. If he's not cool with that, then you can really kind of see where his intentions are.
1: I mean, what I always said to my parents, uh, sometimes with raised voices, which is not what I would advise, (laughs) but what I always said to my parents is you guys are the ones who raised me. You're the ones who taught me like how to value myself and like and mm-hmm. not to succumb to peer pressure and things like that. So you need to trust me. You need to trust yourselves that you taught me well enough that I yeah. deserve this kind of trust to go out in the world and, and experience things and make mistakes
0: because that is just inevitably going to yeah. happen. So, I, yeah, I would say make sure your dad gives you the opportunity and then um yeah hold up to your word and then you'll probably be given a longer leash and don't get pregnant. <laughs> please don't get pregnant
4: hi Megan I'm 18 and I've had this boyfriend for four months now he is the sweetest, kindest, most gentle human being I've ever come across in my entire life but there's a problem I don't have any emotional connection with him in the slightest I started dating him because I felt bad which is I not what you're supposed to do I know um Now, breaking up with him would be the sensible answer, as all of my friends have told me many, many times. But I live in the tiniest, littlest, most gossipy town, village in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And um, the biggest problem I've faced is I want to move to London. He wants to stay here and my mum wants to stay here. My mum's very safe face. Everyone has to like us, etc. And his family are the gossips of the whole town. They're the family that everyone talks to to get the gossip, and the last time someone who wasn't born here broke up with one of the locals, they left because the bullying got so bad. I wasn't born here either, I was born in a town, a massive city actually, so um, I want to go back to one of those. Um, And I just don't want to leave my mum here with such negativity, because she built her business here, her life is here, and I'm going to leave. So I don't really know what to do. Anyhow, it would be amazing because I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt his family because they've all been amazing. It's just I don't want to leave my mom to suffer what I left behind, if that makes sense. So anyhow, it would be amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. Holy fuck. I'm just picturing them with like yeah. goddamn pitchforks. Like, <laughs>
0: Get out of my town. Except that was Southern accent. That's what the f- what so a- Do scary. these people have jobs? Do these adults have fucking jobs?
1: Also, oh, so why do they care so much about like 18 year olds dating? Like, do they think
0: you're going to get married? That's just when, what? What? Is she 18 or 19? Cause it makes, it doesn't make a huge difference, <laughs> but I'm just curious. <laughs> I think she's 18. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was wow. so
1: simple until you explained that there's like crazy Pitchforks. retribution. Yeah.
0: Coming yeah. your way. What the hell? Um, okay. Here's what I would say. Um, first and foremost, I, I, I mean, everyone's at least been on one pity date in their life, which I think should be everyone's New Year's resolution is to not go on, go on dates with people because you feel bad for them and you feel yeah. obligated because you owe them a date. The amount of fucking terrible dates I've gone on <laughs> because I'm like, oh, but you are so persistent. And like, in reality, you just followed me into the target parking lot and like would not leave me alone, which is harassment. But I felt like, oh, you tried so hard. So first, not that I'm saying, oh, wow, OK, that was me shit talking myself, not you, Um. <laughs> So just know that you are not a terrible person for doing this. I, I everyone I know has been at least stayed in a relationship or gone it's, out with someone. You're for gonna too long.
1: learn something from it. Yeah, basically 100%. is what it is. Four months of pity dating. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna like, come out the other fab- side with lots of life lessons.
0: Do you um, have sex with that? Though? Not that he's a person. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, I just mean like you said, you have no emotional connection. I wonder if you have a physical ne- connection because that would also play a role of being like, ooh, do I want to leave if it's great? sexually or maybe you're not having sex because you're only 18
1: i also no no offense but i'm i'm hoping truly that some of this is like you've made up in your mind that maybe you're just like a oh. really anxious person like i am and you're like coming up with like mm-hmm. the worst possible scenario
0: that will happen after this because but she said the last person who like oh it, did they divorce or are they like an- yeah, were they 18 year olds
1: yeah was it kids again like that seems cruel that's so and much unnecessary. pressure like it-
0: Ah, I it
1: if it is really, really that bad uh, and you're actually like that worried about your mom and her business, like maybe try to tie in a move and the breakup at the same time. mm -hmm. If he wants to stay in that town, you can really give a whole like we're just in different places in our lives. I think you're amazing. I wish you all the
0: best. I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh. I mean, get apply for a fake job that takes you to the city. I mean, yeah. or a real job that takes you to the but I mean like having that excuse. I would also say talk to your mom first. I don't know if you've told her that you- have, yeah, because she
1: won't want you to stay with someone you no, don't
0: like just not for her all. safety. And-, and also, like I'm saying, both of us, first of all, we will admit, highly anxious people. <laughs> the amount of, like, the spirals we go, one of us is constantly laying face down on the living room floor with the other being like, it's fine. No one is worried about this except <laughs> you. Like, no, everyone hates me. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is, like, talk to her about it. And so much of this is you coming from not wanting her to suffer any of these repercussions, maybe not that we're saying that you've made this up, but like, maybe if you talk to her, she's like, oh, sweetie, I'm fine. I can handle this. It's not an issue. Like, I'm not stressed about that at all. And maybe there were other circumstances in the situation you referenced that happened before where it was like so dramatic for the whole town. Maybe there, maybe it was like a beloved Maybe it was, like, some person who, like, didn't live in this town and then got with cheating cheating and Like, Yeah, Yeah, it might be a little more complicated than than you know. And so I would give your mom – tell your mom that and, like, tell her, like, you really aren't – you've ended up in a relationship that you're not as invested in. And that also shows such a maturity to then, like, want that person – want such good things for that person that you can be, like, I'm not going to let you settle for someone who's not as into this as you are. And say that and then tell your mom about how you really want to move to London and then be super explicit and honest and say that you have these fears about not only just leaving her, but like how people are going to treat her um, once you leave. And yeah, and I think honestly, I mean, I really hope she's going to like send you off with well wishes and be like, I want totally what's the best for you. But ultimately, even if she's like, no, I really want to stay in this town. I really want you to stay in this town. Um, I I think you need to also do what's best for you. And yeah, that's a whole nother call. Yeah, <laughs> we've had we've had ones to, like, like that in your
1: small town where
0: people or families really don't want you to kind of like spread your wings and do your own thing. And I would also say, ultimately, you moving to London or moving to a big city from a small town, that's not like a permanent forever thing. You could always end up back in your small town, but like you need in order to not like resent where you like where you've been for all these years, you need to like go to other places and that makes coming home much more. And it also makes the
1: whole like breakup and getting over each other easier. Not that you really have to get over him, but him getting over you. (laughs) If you're not around to see them, it'll make it faster for him to like get over it. Hopefully.
0: Also, what do these parents? What do his parents do that they can just gossip all the time? I'm
1: I'm frightened by this town. I never want to visit.
0: Yeah. Do you remind me of Shrek? (laughs) You know, when they have the pitchforks and they're trying to get Shrek out of there. And let us know what happens. I'm actually very yeah, do follow curious. up.
1: Give us some some background if like yeah, yeah. if you have this conversation with your mom mm-hmm. or or what happens, let us know.
0: Yeah. And I and as I wish as, you well. So I'm
1: gonna be back. Well, who you're, knows? You're over at my
0: house every day. So <laughs> it would be great. Um yeah, let us know how it goes. And we only want what's good for you and what's best for you and you know, everybody. And your boyfriend too. Or soon to be ex. <laughs> okay, on to the next call. My name is
5: I'm 18 um I have a boyfriend and we've been dating for about four months um and we have been having sex um and recently um I took it upon myself to get birth control and first I was taking the pill and then um I recently got a copper IUD um And I went through like all these hoops um, to do this because my family's really Christian conservative. So like, I had to have really hard, painful, like conversations with my parents um, to get birth control so that we could have sex. Um, And I, okay, I really don't know if I'm in the wrong for thinking this. I probably am, I'm probably an asshole an asshole, sorry. Um, but I find it kind of upsetting and annoying that he still, um, wants, like, he refuses to have sex without a condom. Um, and it's just because I went through all this stuff to, like, get a really, really, like, effective form of contraception, and it's, like, I don't know. I want like, we don't need to use a condom and I don't know. I'm probably an asshole for this, but also like we, and we've talked about it and stuff and he just like, he says he's like really paranoid about it. And I think that's fine. But I also want to like, I want to experience sex without a condom cause it feels better. And like if you can pull out and that's like really, really safe, with pulling out and having a copper iud which is like a very very effective form of birth control very 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 few people get pregnant from it um so yeah just let me know your thoughts Hmm. hmm. Uh,
1: well, first of all, let's just address for anyone listening, pulling out is like famously not, not effective. an effective form of birth control. It's like less than like 70%. Yeah. And I know you I, said
0: in, in, in conjunction with these other things you're yes, doing, but if but anyone else just heard like pulling when, out. Yeah, that's is, not,
1: that's not true. It's not no, effective. She only
0: meant it in relation to the other things she's doing. So if anyone's listening. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's um okay. Here's my, here's my first thought. Um. First of all, I mean, I have my like, f- my f- like, f- f- oh, I had a funny, quippy thing and now I don't remember it, but I have like actual advice, but I was gonna do like the funny thing first and then <laughs> the real advice. Um, oh, well, I mean, okay, sex without a condom, sure, feels better, but m- marginally yeah, uh, not I'm- enough that you'd be like, well, I'd rather not have sex than have sex with a condom. And what I would say is this is. First of all, I have no, no no shit talking on you. I've never heard a, the amount of times I've heard guys say this. Yes. And the amount of times I've heard girls say this. And the amount of girls who've called in and said that they don't, even though they're on birth control and that's not that they don't feel comfortable having sex without a condom and guys are pressuring them. Yeah, that's usually what yeah. I've heard. So it's, it's interesting to hear from the mm-hmm. other side. So I wouldn't say you're necessarily wrong, but I think the whole thing is putting yourself in his position. No matter how safe and covered you feel, you have to get that, all of that, which I fucking wish there was like male birth control besides like Con- like besides condoms, you're doing all of this precautionary stuff and he's doing nothing. So for him, he's like, okay, so you're not that he's saying he doesn't trust that you've done all of these things. But I mean, for him, it's probably, it's like, it's, it's like double checking that you've locked your door. It's like a safety yeah. measure knowing like, okay, but I'm doing my part too, which I think is amazing. Cause so many guys are like, no, no, no that's a woman yeah. thing. You, you go take care of that thing. Like, yeah, you pay
1: for all of it. And yeah. then I get to reap the benefit.
0: Exactly. Whereas like for him, I think this is just like, he wants to be able to know that he's also doing something to protect you guys um yeah I mean yeah. I, I think it's
1: kind of super I think it's awesome. nice and yeah to like be that concerned because you guys are young and and to not want to risk mm-hmm. it um because I mean ultimately you're the one who would get real stuck yeah if that were the case you know you're the one who has to carry it for nine months if Ooh. you happen to get pregnant or go through like an abortion mm-hmm. if like that was what you wanted so I don't know I mean I it's definitely a something you can put out there, like explain to him yeah. exactly why you want to have sex without a condom, what you're hoping to get out of it. And if he's still not comfortable, you do kind of have to respect that too. One,
0: yeah. Cause you'd want him to do the same thing for yeah. you. If, if you were, didn't feel comfortable. If the tables
1: were turned, you'd want him to, to res- like, that would be the advice yeah. we'd be giving is that Completely. like, your boyfriend's an asshole. If he's like yeah. pressuring you to do sexual stuff you don't want to do. And it's the same thing for you with mm-hmm. him. That you have to yeah. respect his choice because also if, think about it, like if, if you guys are having sex without a condom and the only thing he's thinking about is like not wanting to get you oh, pregnant. Oh, so soft, so fast. Yeah, no one's having fun. No one's having a good time.
0: I'd also want to know um, if both of you have been checked recently um because the whole thing of him being very adamant on using a condom. Um, The whole thing that everyone says when you if you're doing birth control, IUD, any of that stuff that it protects you against pregnancy Pregnancy, does not protect you against STDs. And it also doesn't protect you from, I mean, STDs in general. And even if you're clean, not that I'm saying he's cheating on you or has it all, but like. Yeah, maybe you haven't explicitly gone over your sexual history and there is something that that may be why he doesn't, he really wants to make sure he's using a condom and he hasn't. And we've had people who've called the podcast talking about you're able to really treat sexually transmitted diseases on your own and the the nervousness you have with telling your partners there might be something like that. Um, and I would also say choosing to go on birth control and doing all of that stuff, you um, you gotta do for you. It's yeah. not about the partner that you're with because the partner that you're you're the longest partner you're ever going to have. Um and like nice. your well, yeah, but like your body too, especially. And like you whatever birth control you decide to do and all of that stuff, that needs to be for your body and for yourself, not yeah, your own empowerment. Yeah. You know? And cool. so I think being like, well, I did this for you and I did this for us. I think it's just a little negative way to look at it. It's taking control of your future and your sexuality of being like, I want to have sex, which is fucking great. And I want to take all the precautions that I can possibly do for myself to make sure that I don't get pregnant. And you've talked to your family about it and you did all these really great things, but you got to do that for you, not for him, because then it puts you in a situation like this where you feel like you did this whole thing for somebody else and they, yeah, and that's never going to be good. Even
1: if like for you guys worked it out and like you end up, like having sex without a condom, and then you guys break up, you're still going to resent him because you're going to feel like you got birth control mm-hmm. for him, yeah. and that's never going to be good. I think you need to like look at what you've gone through and not think of it as this burden that you've taken on for your sex life and more about the empowerment and the maturity you've shown in your own life. Like, I think it's wicked that you talk yeah. to your parents. Like I know so many people who like went behind their parents back and oh, like, Oh
0: my God, my God. me. And Ar- the first time Arden got birth control, Arden Rose, literally it was like me and Arden being like, let's go get you birth control. Like not yeah. telling anybody.
1: So it's like, it's awesome that you have gone through all these steps and like, I think it shows maturity and it's mm-hmm. another step in your adult life. Um, yeah. And think about it like for what you've given to yourself. Cause that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and who knows how long you guys will be together. And this is This should be um, your relationship with your own sexual health should be much longer. And yeah, respect his boundaries the same way you would hope he respects yours is what I would say. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to crack my neck because apparently the reason why my neck hurts is because I just listened to all my calls like this. And we'll be back. Thanks to 3rd Love for supporting our podcast. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G and half cup sizes. Guess who it is? Taking guesses, taking guesses. Oh, it's 3rd Love. 3rd Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and feel great. Did you know that most old school bra brands only carry 15 sizes? Only 15? Well, Third Love has 60 sizes. That is a lot more than 15. I can't really do math, but it's a lot. Including half cups. Never heard of a half cup size? That's because no one else is doing it. I mean, really, I only heard of it in baking and cupcakes and measuring things like that. But not boobs. Third love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, you guys, 15% off your first order to find the bra that you've been waiting for. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions from third love's Fit Finder quiz. Who doesn't even love a quiz? I mean, personally, I'm a huge fan of quizzes, and it takes just 60 seconds, and you can do it all from the comfort of your home, so you never have that awkward fitting room experience ever again. You know the one where they're, like, touching your boobs, and you're, like, giggling, but, like, you don't want to smile, and it's just uncomfortable and awkward. Do you make eye contact? Do you not? Try your third love bra. It's so comfortable, you might forget that you're wearing it. And if you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and always free. So this year, make the change that will change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com blame now to find your perfect-fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash blame, thirdlove.com slash blame. Okay, guys, we are back from our break. Everybody ate poke. Is that how we're going to say it? No. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever, guys. Go on to the next call.
6: I'm 19 and I'm from Germany. I really, really hope that my accent is not that bad. And I'm calling because I want some advice on my life right now because a lot is going on. Um, first of all, I suffer from depression and anxiety. And the last year was really bad for me because I graduated, graduated high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. And I still don't know but i'm applying for art school right now and i feel good about that so that's getting better but the problem is that um the art school is not that far away from my parents home and i still live with my parents um but i kind of feel forced to move out because i don't feel good at home i don't feel appreciated and Also, I came out um, two years ago as gay to my parents. And they didn't accept that. And I still don't. And secretly, they wish I will change. But we all know that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I feel forced to move out. Even though my gut feeling is saying, no, 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 stay at home. It's easier. And I also don't feel prepared to move out because my parents were very overprotective in my childhood and even later on. And I, yeah, I feel like I'm behind my friends and my peers, um, because they're more mature and more, um, prepared to move out and live alone. So, um, yeah, do you have any advice for me on how to feel more prepared and feel, yeah, don't feel bad about moving out? Also, do you have any advice on how to stop to push people out of my life? Because I feel like I'm losing all my friends. I feel really depressed, so I don't want to be a burden for everybody else and I'm pushing everyone away and that's making everything worse because I don't feel supported in my decisions, neither from my family nor from my friends.
0: Oh my gosh, let's go to Germany. <laughs> I wanna just like cuddle them up. Um I think we should tackle it in two parts, right? I think we should talk about the moving out aspect and then I think you should talk about the depression anxiety aspect. Yeah right? Do you think yeah. so? Yeah. Yeah. They are kind of two different things. Yeah. And I think, so moving, being prepared to move out. Did you feel prepared to move out on your own? Uh, <laughs> I, act- I did, ah. but it was false.
1: You know okay. what I mean? You think you're prepared for one thing and then you realize the things that you're like missing. So if anything, it's better that you are kind of nervous about this because there is no way you're going to do it all right. Like even the friends of yours that you think are super oh, mature and ready to move out, they're going to make mistakes too. They're going to burn food on their hot plate mm-hmm. or like miss classes and fail and do plenty of things that are involved when you're growing up and you're learning how to live by yourself. So, I think just be prepared for the fact that you are going to get things wrong and some things are going to scare you and That's okay, and if anything, it's kind of fun and exciting that that's a new chapter in Mm -hmm. your life.
0: I mean, I I would totally agree with that. In the in that it might seem like your friends are more mature than you and all that stuff, and even if they were raised in a household that was like more lenient,
1: yeah, or more independent, like they had to learn how to do some chores because they were like latchkey kids or something. Yeah,
0: it's it's no matter what, it's different. It's different when it's on your own plate and like you. It's just you and you're the only one to hold responsible for it. That's what I would first say. It's like, I definitely was not prepared to move out, but I don't know anybody who's ever like, you know, I feel like I really prepared to move out because there's no way to prepare for it. I think Mm -hmm. financially there is and making sure that like you can afford everything that you're doing and budgeting, I think is a really great idea or a really great thing you should just do. Not even an idea, just like do it. Um, But there's really no way you can ease into that. Because it's a totally different thing. Like the first night I ever remember when I like lived alone, alone, the first night I ever like slept in my place, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, I've never felt this feeling of being like, not even necessarily like a bad feeling of being just like, oh, I'm totally alone. But you're like, oh, wow, I, I'm responsible for me. Like, this is like, this is all my duty right now. Like, this isn't like, I don't have a roommate who's going to be like checking, making sure like, oh, did you like chew gum when you fall asleep and like die? I don't think that can happen, but like those are the anxiety <laughs> things that went through my head. Um, so I would say first, just n- if you're financially ready to move out, I would say totally go for it because you seem pretty aware of the fact that like this isn't great for your mental health. Um, And also, but if you're if you're moving out to go to this school, like
1: if they have dorms oh, yeah. or something like you can living on campus is going to be like a great like step between having your own place Um, And you'll be able to, like, figure some stuff out there. And then when you really move Mm -hmm. out, like, that's sort of, like, a nice stepping stone to have. And you also have so many more people around, like, on your floor or maybe, like, a um, roommate. Uh, So I would say don't be—I think it's healthy to be a little nervous because it is a new stage in your life. But also be excited Mm because it's going to be—you're going to be able to be proud of yourself for a lot of things that you're going to learn how to do. Yeah.
0: Um, I would also say I think— If like you were saying about getting a roommate, if that's possible in your moving out process, or I don't know if you want to move out before you go apply to school and that the school that you want to apply to the art school or you're applying to is close to home. So you feel like you would need to stay at home. So I would just say you don't have to stay at home, even if you're relatively close to where you are and you can go visit your parents and they can visit you if they want to see you i think having that bit of separation is going to feel really really nice i would also say maybe try and go for getting a roommate just as somebody who is like depressed and lived alone like it's not a healthy way to live um And I completely understand the thing of like, oh, I I feel like a burden. I don't want to give people all of this shit that I'm dealing with. And like make people feel like they have to do anything. So then you just don't talk to people. And the biggest, the like, I think one of like the worst moments I remember when I lived alone, I was like, I have not like skipped class for three days, three days straight. I'm like, I haven't talked out loud. Like I could have lost my voice. And like, I haven't said a single word out loud in three days because like I live alone. There's no one there to like strike up a conversation with me. And I was just like, just completely depressed and not reaching out to people. So I think if you can have a roommate, that'd be really, really great. And also it might be really exciting. Uh,
1: if you like go to, uh, once you get into this school and stuff, if you go on their website, they might have message boards and things for students. If you're not going to live yeah. like in dormitories, they always have message boards of people looking for roommates who are going to the school the next year. You might even meet friends who are going to understand you more than the ones that you currently Mm -hmm. have and like then you can move in with someone who is really going to support you and understand what it's like to have depression and anxiety because that can be a really good support system
0: yeah and i would think i would also say too if you feel the feeling like a burden or whatever like i get how awkward and you might shitty you might feel like saying something in person to somebody and like you're like i don't want to like say out loud like i'm feeling like this but like i mean if you like text one of your friends and you're like hey and if you even if you do it when you're in a good place and you're like hey. Um, I just want to let you know that like I, if I'm in a really bad place, these are some like key things that I'm usually going to do. And here's some things that if you feel me like pulling away would be really mean a lot for you to do. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of like my whole thing. I'm like, if you don't hear from like, not that if I'm like ignoring text messages or whatever, but it's like, if I'm like, I, I, if I get like in random anxiety, things of like thinking all my friends hate me, I don't necessarily need space. I just would like, like someone to like, say they want to hang out with me. Do what I mean? Like telling your friends, like, oh, if I'm if I'm retreating and I'm like becoming a hermit, it's not because I hate you, it's probably because I'm like going through like a time and it would really mean a lot when this or if or when this time comes. Just like sending me a text message is like really great. So like letting people know. Cause I think a lot of people also don't, don't really know what to do. They're like, I don't know if you want space. I don't yeah. know like, what you need from this. Yeah, situation. They can't read
1: your mind. if like, they just haven't heard from you for a while. They have no idea what's going on with you. And I think I've always said, um, I think that feeling of being a burden is one of the most dangerous Ugh. parts of having depression. It's yeah. what stopped me from dealing with mine for a long time um, because I felt so guilty that I was experiencing you're any meaty. kind of yeah and like when i was sort of thinking about my life i was like no i just, like everyone's got their own thing i mm-hmm. i shouldn't be burdening anyone but it's the best like if you can reach out and have friends who understand what you're going through and also are supportive like it's the best thing in the world that I can text Megan and be like, hey, I know we said we'd hang out, but I'm truly so anxious I can't leave my apartment. Is that cool? And
0: it's she'll like, be like, yes, yeah. I get it. It's I'm totally not mad fine. At you. Or there was one time where I was kin- – do you remember this time when I was convinced <laughs> you were mad at me? And, like, I don't know why I- – honestly I do not know why I saw I saw saw you the day before yeah and then I was like convinced you're mad at me and just then some way that I said goodbye you didn't like yeah, I know one time that I didn't like I was like oh my god she hates me oh my god she's figured out I'm she, I'm just not cool I'm not fun and I remember I literally like, did not sleep at all that night was like anxious all day and then you texted me and you're like hey do you want to hang out later and I was like oh my god thank you so much I thought you were like so mad at me, and you're like what the fuck no not at all but like being able to like that was like a, a stupid move on my part like I shouldn't have like assumed that kind of a thing but um I think even if you are retreating from your friends, they also might think that they've done something wrong and they might think that you are upset with them or you're mad at them, um, which you're, doesn't, sound, doesn't sound like you are. It yeah. sounds like you're just like, you're going through your own stuff and like what if
1: you feel like you can't talk to them about it, of course you're going to push them away because that's the only yeah. thing that's really on your mind is like what you're going through. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, yeah, the best course of action is be honest with all these people in your life about what you're going through Perhaps if it's really bad, also make an appointment with a doctor, mm-hmm. see about medication and things that might make it easier for you in the future. Um, and then anyone who's not supportive or makes a joke out of it, thinks it's not serious, then you can cut those people out, move to this yeah. new phase in your life that is going to be also if you're going to an art school, guaranteed you're going to meet lots of other people who are going through the get, same thing. Yeah,
0: you are. You're going to have fun. Yeah. On to the next call. So to get right into it, I'm
3: 21 years old, and I was sexually assaulted for seven years in my childhood, and I recently told my parents about it. They were really supportive at first, but once they found out that I was pursuing criminal charges, my dad got really mad. Um, My perpetrator is a relative, so my dad thinks that I should just forgive and forget. And my mom wants to support me, but she doesn't want to get between my dad and me. I know it's my right to pursue charges, but my parents aren't willing to get on board. They think that I'm vindictive and that I just want justice. And they say justice like it's this really evil thing. And I try to say that I just want to protect others from being assaulted, but maybe I do want justice and I don't think that that's a bad thing. My boyfriend and his family and my best friend have been really supportive through all this, but I just want my parents' support. I feel like this is a really important thing to talk about because it happens to so many people. And I just want to know how I don't lose my whole family
0: from this. That breaks my heart. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, you, you hear about this. This is so much why victims of like uh, assault and sexual abuse don't want to come forward. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily like, it's usually usually... often someone, you know, I think. And it's not even like, oh, I don't know if like the judge or the court is going to like, believe me. It's even like, even if people believe you, it's, it's, it's long and it's expensive yeah. and it's
1: yeah it means and airing all dirty laundry and both sides are trying to like paint he said she said yeah. like with a dirty brush um god it's it's really tough i think at this point it's not your responsibility
0: to keep your family together if like he, whoever not he, i'm sorry whoever made Whoever sexually assaulted you that's the one who tore your family apart yeah, it has it's nothing fault, to do with or, you yeah that person's fault yeah. it's not
1: yours at all it is completely within your rights to pursue um criminal justice and justice is like what you deserve in and this it's case not a bad thing it's not a bad thing at all i think i think your your father i yeah it's a it's a horrible position to be in because of course you don't want to hurt your dad or hurt your relationship with your dad. But it sounds like he has a relationship with your, um, assailant, assailant. Yeah. And, uh, abuser and is, is having a hard time accepting that reality. Like I think he can sort of accept both things separately, but the idea mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. making a, a step towards cutting that person out of his life whether I don't know to assume it's like a sibling yeah. they grew up together they had a whole life 30 years before you were born that he's known this person his whole life um and to cut them and to sort of pair those two actions together of like his sibling that he 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 grew up with with the person who has hurt, hurt his, his daughter. daughter so badly
0: I it's hard yeah um I mean, I think you, first of all, have so sorry. This is like so just that's fucked up. Like what was happening? Like, that's just like, it's, there's no, yeah, that's just like a fucked up thing to have gone through and should never have happened. Um, and I, I think like you're going about this at such a mature, just mindset of even being able to rationalize with your I mean I mean if I had been in that situation and I had people tell me like oh no don't do this like the fact that you're able to be able to explain to them like oh no it's not so much necessarily about me it's about like other victims Protecting and other people off. Yeah. like that's such a mature way to look at it because also yeah wanting just like that's completely <laughs> like wanting someone to suffer the consequences for of s- their
1: actions yeah that's, that's not vindictive at no. all that is just a okay.
0: That is just why we have laws and you break them. You suffer the consequences. So I think like the fact that even if you weren't even concerned about other potential victims, like you have absolutely a literally in your, you have every legal right to pursue this. And And I think, uh, I think if you didn't,
1: um, because those are sort of the two outcomes that you have to think about, like the two possibilities, um, that I think you would hate the most is one, you go through with this and it does alienate you from your family, um, or option two, you don't do anything and your family goes back to having this false sense of everything's fine and you have to see them at Christmas and you have to do all <sighs> of these like holiday things with them and, and act like it's okay. Um, I think in the end, you would resent that more. I- that would lead you to resenting any family member that's forced you into that situation to keep in contact um, with this with this person. And then also you're going to feel guilty and nervous that yeah, what this if is happening to other kid. people. Yeah. And so the other outcome of course is horrible. And I hope that your family can figure out a way to um, be on your side completely. Uh, but I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to sleep at night is if you go through with this, regardless of how your family reacts, especially your father. Um, I think it's going to, it's really up to him to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Because this isn't, this, you didn't, you didn't put yourself in this position. Like you were not, you did not ask to be a part of this. Like you, you had no, yeah, this, this, this wasn't something that you signed up for at all. And the fact when people try and have someone who's been put in a situation, like someone who's been abused being like, no, this is your thing. So you have to get over it. This has not, you didn't put, you didn't ask for this. Like you were never, you didn't go out seeking this. Someone else needs to pay for their actions. You don't need to get over something that somebody else, that someone else did to you.
1: Yeah. But Uh, also, uh, on the same thing, like, the other way around, if you do think about the consequences of going through with this and that, and losing your dad and your family is too much to bear, you're also allowed to not go through with the court case if you don't want to because that is the thing. It's, It's your life and your assault. And if Mm -hmm. you can't deal with the side effects that come from pursuing a criminal case, then that's okay too. And no one's allowed to judge you for that either. Like we can't, I would never judge you if you feel, if you don't feel strong enough to go through with that on your own, if it means losing your family and that's too much for you, that's okay too. Yeah, I just, I don't want to put words in your mouth and make you think that you have to go through with like going to court, like just because you're a, strong woman, you're a feminist, like
0: you're allowed to not do those things Mm -hmm. as well because it's your life. I think no matter what, you're in this really fucking awful situation that no, I hope nobody ever, like I never want anyone to go through and there's no perfect way to go about this because it's definitely not a great thing. And I think you need, you deep down, I'm sure you know what is going what outcome you need, and what outcome is going to in make order you, to move on and yeah. have a full life that this person has. Otherwise, they win just, no matter what. Yeah. Like if like whether whether you're trying to like preserve any sort of relationship, the only thing that you need to preserve is like your future and what can make you yeah. be able to like exist in this world and feel maybe not 100 all the time, but like be able to move past it. Yeah. Yeah. You just have
1: to put yourself first in this situation, though, and do the thing that is mm-hmm. going to mean that
0: you get to. Reclaim your life. Yeah, you have to protect you. You can't look around this trying to protect anybody else except for you. And um, protecting other people doesn't protect you. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you know deep down, like what's the thing that's gonna be um gonna help you? uh I am so sorry. Um, yeah, we're we're here for you. Yeah. Call back if ever you yeah. want to share how things go. One hundred percent. Um, and again, like and said, we support you any decision because. Mm-hmm. That's Your life, and it's a really, really fucking tough thing to go through. Yeah. Okay, we are on to producer's corner. Producer's We've got gonna, a callback, producer's right?
1: Gonna. Oh,
0: yes, we have a callback. <laughs> that
1: was such a good <laughs> face. I was like a good <laughs> um, this is from uh, episode 20, um, with Mitchell Davis. This is when um, a woman called, um, she's white and her boyfriend's black, and uh, she didn't know
7: how her dad
1: would re- 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 react because he's a known racist.
0: Yeah.
7: I am doing a follow-up from a question that I had done previously about um, how I was white, my boyfriend was black, and trying to tell my dad and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to do a follow-up. So you had given me the advice, you know, to just tell him. And I was planning on telling him I was going to fly back up in February and go see my parents. And I was going to do one-on-one with him and kind of talk to him and tell him well um he passed away uh suddenly of a heart attack this month and I just called back to give advice to other people that if you're going through something or if you're hiding something from your parents or you're not giving them the opportunity to surprise you or to talk to them and keep in secret it's gonna it's gonna feel not great if something happens so um he passed away of a heart attack out of nowhere and Now I'm here with my mom and we're trying to figure out our next steps. And it's just something that I just wanted to call and share and say that if you want to tell your parents something, please, you know, tell them while you have the chance or, you know, take that risk or whatever while you have the chance, because you never know what what can happen.
0: First of all, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. That's, that's just, that's, that's awful. Um, Yeah. So, so sorry for your loss. So sad. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a great, it's definitely a great message. I mean, honestly, me hearing this also makes me want to be nicer about the advice that I give (laughs) because I'm like, (laughs) oh gosh, I, I, I I remember that episode and I had said something about being like, you can't have an Apple TV and also be racist. Um, which makes me again, also want to tread like lighter on, not lighter on situations, but makes me more cautious of what I, what I say. Cause I'd never want. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really great message of, um, yeah, like giving people the opportunity to surprise you because you don't know.
1: Yeah, you're you. That ago? was an incredibly thoughtful, measured message that you left. I think you sound <laughs> like more put together than oh, I would assume I would be in that situation. Right now. <laughs> and, and to take what's happened to you and share that in a message for others, I think is really, really lovely. And I hope it. Uh, touches other people and yeah. they they take that advice and and do share those things with your parents because you know yeah uh unfortunate to have like a parent be mm-hmm. racist and you hopefully can educate them because we all know that that's so fucking stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just and if that's all you need is that edu- just being educated is about educa- it. yeah is education and to give them that chance and mm-hmm. and you didn't have that chance with your dad and i'm really sorry and uh yeah hopefully someone else will will take this opportunity to to realize that mm-hmm. t- they can improve their relationship with their parent by trying to teach them things. Um, mm-hmm. Either they're homophobic, racist, whatever. If they can learn something from their kids, I think that's a great gift that you can give your parents and and also bring you guys closer together. Um, yeah. So take this girl's advice, everybody.
0: Yeah. I think it's awesome for you to call in again, too, because like that's something that we always ask for follow-up calls. And this Obviously, it's such a personal issue and like something that you, the really hard thing for you to deal with. So the fact that you thought to call back to the podcast and talk about something that you took away from this really really sad situation, I think is really amazing. And I genuinely think people are going to hear this and feel very like feel like make feel inspired to give give opportunities to people in their lives. So um, yeah, I'm thank you, thank you so much for calling back. I'm so sorry, but that was. Um, I really genuinely think that was the fact that you thought of calling back and just so you could help other people, I think, is, speaks volumes of who you are. So, um, yeah, sending lots of love to you and your family. Oof. Well, that was an uplifting note. That yeah, makes this has sad. been a
1: happy episode all around. Everyone's it's heavy.
0: But I do like that you guys feel comfortable. Like saying this stuff to us oh Um, yeah for sure yeah because I I I mean I know I I I genuinely approach things with like lots of sarcasm and swearing and stuff like that so um it's nice to know that even even through those jokes you guys still feel like listeners to like people you as a listener feel comfortable telling other listeners um about this stuff not just um not just us who's here so yeah this 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 was an episode yeah. This was an episode. We're here for you guys. We are. We are. So thank you guys so much for calling in. If you want to leave voicemails or you have callbacks for, um, if you've called before and you want to update us on your situation, you can leave us voicemails at 310-694-0976. That's 310-694-0976. Again, we posted this whole episode on YouTube if you want to see video reactions and our faces as we listen to people talk and tell (laughs) us things happening in their lives. Um, And also, yeah, if you're international callers, you heard some fancy accents on this um, podcast and you guys can also participate by emailing an audio message. An audio message? That's what it's called. It's an audio message uh, recording to meganpodcast at gmail.com and we are able to play it here as you guys heard And you can follow Aislinn on the social media and her IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, everyone, look up my IMDb. Look up her IMDb. Um, (sighs) Someone cast Aislinn and I in a show together where one of us is not pregnant and/or dead. Yeah, I mean, actually, one of us. I'll be pregnant. Good. Yeah, I will not.
1: Yeah, too many times. You
0: can. (laughs) Yeah, Aislinn has a lot of babies. (laughs) They're fake friends, you guys. Dead. Um, yeah, so they can follow you on Aislinn Paul at Instagram.
1: Yeah, uh, both uh, Twitter, Instagram, Aislinn Paul, uh, also Facebook. I have a Facebook page what? now, I'm really behind you the have times. A Facebook page? Yeah, it's a fun place. What do you nothing post happens. On there? Absolutely nothing. It's just like all my Instagram photos have been linked to my Facebook page. I just thought I should have one. I don't know Did why. Did you just do this like a few months ago? Oh, okay,
0: I'm gonna it's... like it.
1: <laughs> I'm it's going to. It's
0: inspiration. Do you want um, can, we, can people follow Mel on Twitter? <gasps> yeah, yeah, they can follow me. Mel is a great Twitter, guys.
1: Oh my god, thank you. you do.
0: She, you, you're active enough on Twitter, not enough. Like you're you're active on Twitter with things that you say and retweets of things that I haven't seen ten thousand times. Mm, my I god. god, I'm gonna have to follow you right now. Constant new information and great commentary. Oh. That's what I would describe your thank Twitter. Thank you app. so much. You're welcome. It's yeah, good. it's uh, she is not Melissa. <laughs> because she mine, I,
1: because my, I, it's she is not Melissa M E L I S S A and I
0: spell my name with one S. So. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. I never even noticed. Yeah. I mean I noticed how you spell your name, but I didn't notice that. Oh I like that. It's smart. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's like Leo, where it's like, who is Leo Howard? Yeah. I am Leo Howard. So good. He so did so it much on creative and did not do it on purpose, name, though <laughs> No, be have a good name. Guys, guess what's happening? It's something that happens to your favorite TV shows and also this podcast. We're going on hiatus, which I wish in my head means that like we're in Mexico, like on a beach being like, we'll be back, guys. We're mentally recharging, which is definitely not happening unless anyone wants to take us to Mexico. Guys, we'll be on hiatus until May. We'll be back in May. It's gonna be Be May. May. (laughs) So there'll be lots of new and exciting things happening with the podcast in May. And uh, there might even there may even be more episodes if you catch my drift, if you pick up what I'm throwing down. Ooh, I got a rap career in the making. Can you hear that? <laughs> I could do that. Um, So yeah, don't be sad about the hiatus. I'm assuming you're sad. Let's pretend you're sad. Don't be sad about it because there'll be more, maybe much more podcast content coming. It's gonna be my... <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad it's May because it just really gives me a lot of material. <laughs> okay, guys. Um shit. So this feels like a sad farewell. Um, maybe just re-watch this episode over and over again on YouTube until May. Yeah. Sorry yeah, that's a little bit. I think it's probably a good episode to start the hiatus on because I think it's it's very the the content of these calls are so different than like the first episode. So we're able to see how far we've come and how far um people are willing to share so that's the podcast positive. has matured like a wine it has uh-huh they're gonna say like a woman i was like "Q. <laughs> <"Ew." laughs>
1: what the fuck
0: she has tits now okay <laughs> i'm being gross okay guys um so we'll see you in may bye i feel like i'm like a parent walking out like i'm abandoning them that's fucked up <laughs> you okay. are you are abandoning them i'm not follow me on instagram guys you can follow me at megan ranks and everything you know that but uh, it's more a very spoilers. long outro the <laughs> Ends <laughs> the fucking podcast cut <laughs> don't blame me is a production by me produced and directed by Jack Ferry associate producer Melissa Dimonts, edited by Melissa Dimonts, post production sound by Chris Henry and music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter I will see you guys in two weeks and don't blame me if your life bursts into flames before then <laughs>